Well, greetings, everyone, wherever this finds you on this, this last weekend of March. You know, we continue to prepare our hearts and minds for the resurrection for Easter Sunday. And over the last two weeks, we've looked at the three saving offices or functions of Jesus Christ, of prophet, priest, and king. And these three offices were prefigured as the, the three major offices among the Old Testament people of God, of Israel. As prophet, Jesus reveals God to us and his will for our salvation. As a priest, he, he makes sacrifice for our sin and intercedes to God for us. And as king, he protects us and subdues us to his rule. Jesus is the king that has stepped into human history to turn the world right side up. Many people may understand that he came to earth as king, but did they, or, or we for that matter, understand that he was prophesied to come since the very, very beginning? He is the great mystery that God revealed. I want you to think of a storyline of a favorite movie or book that has a twist at the end. The next time you see it or, or read that story, you know, everything is, is different knowing the catch ahead of time. So here's an interesting question. Would the storyline have been nearly as enjoyable without the hidden twist coming at the end? Well, of course not. There, there's a reason why we respond to stories like that. You see, God did something Similar with the, with the Old Testament storyline, he created and sovereignly directed a remarkable story that contained a veiled key bits of information, every, every plot, every character and event in his story, in history, points God's people in some way to the coming incarnation of his son, Jesus. And we discovered the twist in the New Testament, which helps make sense of the whole Old Testament's story. So let's look at that. And let me pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be wholly pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I want to read to you chapter 1 of Genesis, and I'm reading it in the NIV, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to, to separate water from water. And so God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so, and God called this vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and, and, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry ground land and, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that, that bear fruit with seed in it 
according to their various kinds. And, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed, and, and, and in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate this day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky, to, to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the, let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with, with which the water teems, and that moves about in it, and according to their kinds, and, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful, and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock and the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful in it and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. We love to, to talk about creation, don't we? And somehow that conversation about creation can sometimes turn to debate about creation. We in the church, we often teach on what God created. We, we preach how God created, and, and we debate when God created. But I think the question we have to answer then is, is why? Could it be the reason God created the universe is far more important than these conversations and these debates that we get into? When we understand why, we will understand the other questions regarding creation even better. When reading all of Genesis 1, there's one phrase that we find repeated. And that phrase is this, and God said. 
You see, God reminds us nine times in this chapter that he didn't blink, nod, or merely think creation into existence. Rather, God spoke his creation into existence. This is a huge truth to understand. Note also that we see God the Father speaking specifically, and we find God the Spirit in verse 2, but, but where is God the Son in this passage? We see here's where it all comes together. God the Son is very present in the picture of creation, but he is God's mystery concealed for centuries. So is Jesus, his, his life, death, resurrection, and lordship, our ultimate, my ultimate agenda when in discussion, creation with others? Again, is Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and lordship, my ultimate agenda when in discussion, discussing, excuse me, creation with others? Or do I tend to focus on other matters merely to win a debate? Merely to be right rather than gracious. You see, the New Testament is God's great mystery revealed. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, again from the NIV, the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. You see, in the New Testament, God reveals his great mystery. It looks as if, as if John opens his, his Old Testament scroll and writes with some great excitement to reveal this secret to the churches. After all, God didn't just reveal the secret to John. He showed it to him. And John reflects the wording of Genesis 1.1 when he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1. So why did God speak everything into existence? He did so because he wanted to create everything through his Word. The Word is Jesus. John 1.14. You see, God made everything through his word and for his word, John 1, 3. God's great mystery, concealed for thousands of years, is now proclaimed publicly, written down for all to know. God created the universe through and for Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, because God planned that Jesus would receive the glory as all things find their fulfillment in him. Jesus is not merely the reason God created, nor is he merely the means by which he created. Jesus in, is in every way the God who created, who was fully present in the creation of the world the Father designed for him. God's creation of the world through and for Jesus found its ultimate purpose in Jesus' sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus loved the world his Father created for him to the extent that he stepped into this world to rescue us from sin. That's John 3, 16. 
Jesus lived like one of us, his, his human creatures. He dwelt among us like God dwelt among his people in the Old Testament. Because everything was created for him, Jesus was the appropriate sacrifice to die for the curse of sin that enveloped creation. He then rose from the dead so that the world might be saved through him. That's John 3, 17. And now we await Jesus' return to reign over his new creation. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 2. So some questions. Do, do I live our, my life, do we live our life as one created specifically for Jesus? I think these last several weeks have, have taught us a lot, haven't they? We, we, we think about our agendas, our goals, our plans, our calendar, and our motives. Can I honestly say that I thrive on living for his glory and not my own? Can we say that? None of us do that perfectly. And yet God has been gracious to me, to us, by sending Jesus to die for my sin of self-centeredness. You see, I change a light bulb by holding it and letting the world revolve around me. And yet God gives every person the opportunity to repent of that continual sin and grow in faith, recognizing Jesus' lordship and living then for his glory. So I have to consider areas of my life. I think we have to consider areas of our life that, that must be submitted to Jesus' fame and not my own. You see, we repent of our sins because Jesus died for them. And we trust in Jesus because he rose from the dead and is the living Lord. And we submit our life to him because of that. John 3.16 reads like this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Max Licato says this of John 3.16, He says, if you know nothing of the Bible, start here. If you know everything in the Bible, return here. The heart of the human problem is the heart of the human. And God's treatment is prescribed in John 3.16. God loves, God gave, we believe, we live. I hope that you fear the Lord I hope that you feel the Lord and love the Lord this week. I hope that his presence is close and is palpable through this week. And until we get together again, may the Lord hold you in the hollow of his hand. Amen. And God bless.